under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Uh, welcome to it. It's Friday. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Coming in some uh, old school unreleased crap mm-hmm. from his Royal Badness. Like 1985. Yeah, it makes me think of the Batman movie. Good. Yeah. Batman soundtrack. Well, this is during the parade era. That kicks in. Kristen Scott Thomas, a lot of people don't know that. She went on to be a very acclaimed, award-winning actress. Very attractive looking. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's very young in that movie, but she went on to be a huge actress. And uh, her first movie was Under the Cherry Moon. I actually like that movie better than Purple Rain. Now, do you find yourself watching it more often now? I mean, every so often you put put in Under the Cherry Moon. Purple Rain, I I do a lot. I catch clips on YouTube, Purple Rain. Uh, I mean, if I'm feeling nostalgic, I'll watch it. I don't watch it all the time. I mean, I like the premise, though. It's two gigolos in the Drama. south of France. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, ooh, this chick, Mary Scott, gets her trust fund when she turns 21. Yep. So they're going for not just another trick to turn, but they're going to marry her, make her fall in love. And it, it's like the classic romantic comedy where essentially, oh, it's just a gambit to make a lot of money. And then the person, the gigolo, falls in love. Yep. And the rich dad doesn't like it. And all the hijinks ensued with great Prince music and in the in the midst of it. No, um, musical biopics are on my mind because I just watched a conversation on a fandom screen junkies last night and they're talking about this Elton John movie coming up. And it made me think of like the best musical. It doesn't have to be a pure musical. I'm Yeah, I'm looking at you, Seth. <laughs> Dude. Have you ever, I mean, okay. No, I hate him. You, you, Burn. wait, mom and dad never made you watch uh, Sound of Music? Nope. So I haven't done it. I think he could get down with Purple Rain. I have Rain. Purple Rain. I own it. You could have you watched it? And it's it still wrapped in plastic. You need to watch it. <laughs> you need to watch it. I know, it's man. I'll say I mean, this: I'll the scripted parts of that movie are not Terrible. that good. No, no, no. But, but the music in that movie, like it's the great. the concerts that they shoot in that movie, are fantastic. It's worth the whole movie. Plus, it was a movie. I was a teenager when it came out, so it has a lot of nostalgia for me. So, yeah, you know, memories. putting it in there, it's just like I'm in uh, tenth well, grade all over again. And, and there and, are scripted parts like, uh, well, you have to purify yourselves in the waters <laughs> of Lake Minnetonka, <laughs> and this gorgeous woman strips down naked and jumps into this freezing cold Minnesota water. See, that's all you had to tell he, me. And she jumps out. And you see, you'll, no, you yeah. see oh, yeah. plenty. It's and cold, she, she gets cold. out and she's like shaking and he goes, there's one problem. That ain't late Minnetonka. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, stupid jokes. But yeah, I was thinking about the best like music-based movies. They don't have to be like musicals. Per se. It doesn't need to be necessarily across the universe or anything like that or uh, Rent or Grease or anything like that. Uh, you remember Kiss back in the day where they did, um, man, that was a kid too, maybe ten, nine or ten years old. They did some 
movie where they had uh, like superhero powers too, and they were doing something at a. <laughs> Oh, oh, the Phantom of the... That's it? Phantom of the Theme Park or something? Yeah, let me look that up. <laughs> yeah. Is that an episode of Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> Kids did have cartoons, too, for a while. Phantom. Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I brought remember. this up the other day. I just I learned this from listening to Chris Jericho. Oh. Um, and or, by the way, earlier this week on another show I produced, Dan Moore Show, right at noon, I guess this was yesterday, we had Tommy Tupperville. He's yeah. former Auburn Ole Miss, uh, where was it, Texas Tech coach? Yep. And... Um, He's now running for Alabama Senate. I thought he was quite good in the interview. The man just oozes charisma. He's a good storyteller. You see why he was good at, you know, as a coach, recruiting. Yeah. you got to be a leader of men when you're a football coach, especially young men who could easily be yeah, distracted. got to get him to buy in. Distracted. But we're about to start the serious Senate interview, and I, I didn't realize he was coming in that day, so I'm in my... A particular T-shirt, and before he, Dan can even ask him a question, we're like, "Welcome to the show, Tommy Tuberville." All right, and he turns, he goes, "Joey, what's that on your shirt?" <laughs> and I go, "Oh, I'm sure Dan loved this." I'm like, "Oh yeah, Chris Jericho. Oh yeah, Jericho, baby. Like it's, the, it's the faces of Jericho." I could have done ten minutes on that shirt because it really is Jericho's right. characters throughout his years in wrestling, up from Lionheart. All the way to his Judas character he's doing oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff, but I, I thought, of, oh, I said I should have worn my Auburn shirt, and he kind of chuckled, and we moved on with oh, the legit okay. interview. Oh, I wasn't about to take that stuff over. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought he was really going to start talking about wrestling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Tuberville's take on well, wrestling. All I said is, oh, it's Chris Jericho, the faces of Chris Jericho. I don't think he, he knew who that was. Oh, okay. Which, I was wondering if he knew or not. It's probably to his credit if he's running for the <laughs> Alabama Senate. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's Alabama, so man. It's awesome, dude. Way to go. Yeah, but the movie... And I learned this from Jericho. Uh, it's called Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Yes. This is great crap pop culture. Exactly. It's great, like horrible movie. No, think, okay, let me pull it up. I'll read some of this plot here. It really is like Scooby-Doo. It, it sounds like it. Oh, it's very a, much so. it's a. It was a number one made-for-television movie, yep. oh. 1978. Thanksgiving weekend. I bet it came on. A, like musical, a musical fantasy film. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Be with me here. <laughs> what is your genre of this made-for-TV film? Uh, it is a musical fantasy film starring Kiss. Okay. It stars Kiss. Uh, let's see. NBC aired it the, the film at the height of Kiss's popularity in 78. Due to the film's poor acting and semi-comedic script, most Kiss fans disliked the film. It's now a cult classic, yeah. though. If you're it's a Kiss so fan, not a cartoon. It's awesome. No, it is no, live action. They do have cartoons. <laughs> I know they have cartoons. Okay, so do they have superpowers? Does it say anything about it? It's, there's a cult status. Yeah, I'll get into the, the plot here a little bit. But the Kiss members despise it so much they didn't want to talk about it. I for bet. Years. Oh, I bet, man. Okay. It's like Star Wars. So here's, here's the plot. It's so sad. At Six Flags Magic Mountain, Abner Devereaux, the park's engineer and the creator of a series of animatronic attractions, think, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, is not pleased with his works. His works are being overshadowed by an upcoming concert by Kiss. It's like, <laughs> oh, the kids aren't, the kids aren't, you know, looking at my, my banjo rat. My banjo rat's very entertaining. I spent hundreds of hours, you know, mm-hmm. putting my banjo rat together in this rock band. Going to come together, these, these devil worshippers. They make up. Uh-huh. So he's, he's upset that they're being overshadowed by Kiss, his animatronic 
creations. Calvin Richards, the park's owner, explains that the concert will generate much-needed revenue to make up for the quality control problems that have plagued Devereaux's creations. I love how they snuck that in there. Not only has this guy made animatronic beings, there are quality control problems. <laughs> yes. So only been two fatalities. <laughs> Melissa, a park guest, becomes concerned when her boyfriend, Sam Farrell, a park employee and assistant to Devereaux, has gone missing. Meanwhile, three punks, you punk, sabotage one of the rides, and Devereaux is blamed for the incident. Then, but here's the thing about this movie: like at 45 minutes, hour in, nothing, no kiss. Yeah, that's right. Aww. It's just bad D movie acting. Not Aww. even B movie, D movie acting. So. Melissa goes to Devereaux's underground laboratory, <laughs> which was the last place Sam was seen. Devereaux dismisses her after explaining that he has not seen Sam, but after she leaves the lab, he reveals that Sam has been placed under mind control through the use of an electronic device on his neck. The three punks enter the Chamber of Thrills. <laughs> it's a dungeon! <laughs> Where they fall into traps set by Devereaux, the, the evil inventor. Richards fires Devereaux for his erratic behavior and disregard for the guest's safety. Because of this, Devereaux swears revenge upon Richards in the park and kiss. All of whom he blames for his misfortune. Yeah. Be fine if it went for these days. You're going down in your little band, too. So shortly after Kiss's first concert at the park, Devereaux attempts to discredit them by unleashing a robotic copy of Gene Simmons to wreak havoc on the park and the security guards. The band is questioned the next day, but no action is taken. Melissa seeks help from the band to find Sam, unaware that the security pass she received from Devereaux is a tracking device. God, there's so much. There's so much in this. Devereaux has Sam break into the band's lair because Sam's under mind control. <laughs> the band's lair and steal. <laughs> and they live in the no, sewers. No, wait, okay, why would you sneak into a rock band's dressing room or green room? Like to get a picture with them, to hang out with them, whatever. Maybe you want to steal their guitar or something. I don't know. No, he has them break into the band's lair to steal their talismans. <laughs> they give them their power. Yes. <laughs> but the plan is foiled due to the force field on the talisman's, talisman's case. Wow. <laughs> Kiss sneak into the park to confront Devereaux, fighting off Devereaux's animatronic white monkeys in the process. Meanwhile, Sam manages to steal the talisman and delivers them to Devereaux, who then neutralizes Kiss with a ray gun. Kiss, having lost their powers, are imprisoned in the underground lab. Devereaux then sends his robotic Kiss copies in place of the real Kiss in order to run their concert and incite a riot. The real Kiss managed to retrieve their talisman, thereby regaining their powers. They escape and quickly head to the stage where they defeat the imposters and save the concert. It's a great movie. What year? 78. You can tell. Ray guns. Pew! Well, and after the show, after the show, Kiss, Melissa, and Richards confront Devereaux in the underground laboratory, only to discover that he is frozen into a catonic state, seemingly revealing himself as the namesake phantom of the park. Paul Stanley, oh yeah, 
removes the mind control device from Sam's neck, returning him back to normal. Richards laments Devereaux's demise by saying he created Kiss to destroy Kiss, and he lost. <laughs> man, you gotta love old pop that culture was a crap. Great movie, man. He read one too many games. Well, he one too many games of D and D. That was like yeah. uh, Hardy Boys type stuff going on back Nancy then. Nancy Drew, be yeah. Scooby Doo, yep. hit acid. I mean, there's, but you have to say yeah. there is good like Kiss music in this thing. I'd say I would. I would hope so. I just remember at the time I was a kid, and the world. You know, we were in Alabama, so the world hated Kiss down here. You know, there was yeah. nights and Satan service and all this stuff. You know, they had the makeup on; they were everything. But all of a sudden, they were on NBC one night. Really? Yeah, uh, doing this movie. And uh, I remember my mother wouldn't let me watch it, so I had to sneak into another room to watch Did it. Did you watch well, it? I just said, were you a big fan? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Cool. I bet people really, really hated around here, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, That's how we I had mean, to move. The, they <laughs> they, they really? came to Garrett Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, and it was probably a very packed show. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as people around here didn't like that stuff, where were they? There were the Coliseum. Garrett Coliseum. Oh, over by the zoo. Yeah. Oh, did you go? No, I lived right down the street from there, but no, I didn't go. Well, and uh, around this time, I believe it is 78 or 79, That's Kiss does time, right? the. Uh, hmm? When they, well, around here, when they had all the concerts in like the 80s and the early 70s, right? Yeah, it was Fulmer. That's why we. I think Kiss yeah, was like Fulmer. one of the last ones that. Came in and after that, most of them said, "No, we're not going there no more." Man, because, that sucks. I mean, well, it was very Paul anti- Stanley. Anybody. Paul Stanley's way too sexy. Gene Simmons is way too demonic and sadistic. Yeah, the Gene- Cat Man, who who is a cat? <laughs> Storman. Well, you remember Gene Simmons? The whole thing was that his tongue was so long, you know, he would spit blood. And then oh, the story yeah. was uh, he had a he had a regular tongue, and then he went and got a cow tongue sewn onto his tongue. So <laughs> yeah. all, all these crazy oh, yeah. stories yeah. get built up and i mean talk about a band that just really influenced rock and roll oh, culture, big time though. i mean every from i think hard rock bands today to like you know weezer oh like no weezer doubt. is really they will tip their hat to kiss i mean and one of the cool things though that i like it that kiss did is they put out solo albums but under the umbrella of kiss yeah paul stanley's album is amazing that's a great fun album. That was album. about the only one that was worth not throwing in the garbage. But Ace really did have a hit, and it's on this Phantom soundtrack from... Uh, but it's a cover. Oh, okay. You remember this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. <laughs> like, I'm I'm so basic and ridiculous, I would put in earbuds if I was in New York City and put this Oh, yeah, that's on. what it makes me think of, man. Walking down the streets, boy, shack. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but all it's sad. All I can see is John Travolta from Saturday Night Live yeah. when he's just strutting this stuff down. Yeah, the back in the New York group. <laughs> uh, but I want to move from, you know, Kiss and New York City to now Seattle. Yeah. A local story from Seattle. You know, today's show, other than the Kiss tangent we just went on, which I love doing, by the way, is Animals Attack. Ooh. I mean, we had the story from Florida. Of the, course it's in Florida. The gator. Of the gator just breaking into this woman's house. That is literally out of my nightmare. I've told you about my reoccurring alligator dream, where I never escaped. I always was eaten. Really? Oh, yeah. No, I'd start in the back corner. There's a house over on Johnstown Drive. This is the truth, right? Yes, oh, absolutely. Cool. It was a reoccurring dream as a kid. I haven't had it in years, but I would be in the backyard of our house on Johnstown Drive here in Montgomery. And it was a sizable backyard, big pecan trees. We had a tall, like, six-foot privacy fence. And I would, in the dream, I would be in the back corner of it, behind the little play fort my dad and grandfather constructed for us. And, you know, there was a tire swing. It was a great, I had a good childhood. 
I really did. And so I would turn around. For some reason, I'm just facing the corner. I'd turn around in the dream, and the whole yard, like the 50 by 50 yards, would be infested with alligators. (laughs) So I would... And and in the dream, I would then proceed to, like, pull a, a Neo... Like the Matrix and hop, skip, and jump, and avoid all the gators. Like, whoa, that was close. (laughs) Punch one in the head. That's a headbird joke. And then I (laughs) I would get to the back door, and right as I would reach for the handle, I would turn around, and there would be a gator, chomp, and I'd wake up. Wow. And it happened multiple times, more than I can remember. And it stuck with me. Obviously, I'm 30 years old. It really stuck with me. It's coming back tonight. Yeah. yeah. So to see this, you know, gators climbing like a fence and then coming back, you know, short fence. Oh, well, they will. They'll climb the crap out of a fence. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Chain link fence. Oh, and then this gator busting. This woman had windows that go all the way essentially to the ground mm-hmm. level, and the gators busted Bust through, through the window straight like forward. Just yeah. went through it. Yeah. I mean, their no their hide is very tough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they really are like prehistoric dinosaur like wow. creatures, and so. She found it. There's a photo of it, like just in her kitchen. In her kitchen, hanging out. Nuts. But you just think, what? What was that gator? What was his motivation? You know that he, he got, to, he gets to the yard. You know, there's obviously he's got to go through that. Then he gets to the door. He's got to bust through that. Right. What, the, what the heck was he after? It's, there must have been something. He was yeah. in the kitchen. It <laughs> must have been something. But uh, and then you hear stories about like a woman jogging. And a gator, she had her earbuds yeah. in, and the gator just chased her. Wow. And pulled her into the water and killed her. Yeah. Run zigzag, run zigzag. There's something, I think, what terrifies me the most is I'm honestly not one that's like, oh, my impending death, my doom. I mean, I'm a young man, I'm not thinking about that stuff. And even then, it's an old quote, I think it's from uh, Epicurus, where, I mean, why should I fear something that by definition means I'm not there? That's yeah, true. Exactly. Now, the worst thing is somebody you love's dying, but like your own death, it's yeah. like maybe there's judgment in the hereafter and you should be worried about that. Yeah. But death itself, <laughs> be a good person. You know, it's like, you know, death itself, it's like I'm not going to fear something that literally means I'm not anymore. Yeah. But okay. there's something very terrifying about the idea, like a Final Destination movie, all sorts of ways you could die, you know, a being eaten by another oh, predator. No doubt. Is like this very basic fear, I think. I ran into a six foot cottonmouth. Oh, dude. Tuesday. Don't tell me that. Did you find him with your tire? All right. So, mon- Monday night, I was out in the shops, like it was nine, 10 o'clock, and I'm out there r- working on my car, and we're going to leave, and there's a little tiny refrigerator, and there's about a foot of snakeskin. And then you, a little bit further down, there's a couple more feet of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. So the next day, I went out there to mow grass. I let all the doors up, and I started mowing the grass with a tractor. I got a Kubota with a bush hog. Is this the area with the, the very beautiful tree with the, the nondescript, almost difficult-to-name fruit? It almost has a light shining down on it, just a single tree in the clearing? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm mowing the grass. And We've found the Garden of Eden, folks. And I'm coming around, and I see a snake going to the, one of the cars, man. And I go over there, and I try to run it over. But, man, he... Cooled up and started striking at the Kubota. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, dude, that's three, four foot long. He's got some Kona. Kona. Cotton mouse or, uh, you know, water moccasins. Those are aggressive, Boom. aggressive Boom. snakes. Hitting it and went back into the car. I drove around some more and I come back and I saw him stretched all the way out going across. And he was as long as the tractor is wide. Wow. And I just gunned it and ran over him. And go. it went. Da, 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 da. There you go. And now he's about 10 pieces. Yeah. I like him like that. And I've run into, um, I was kayaking on the Kusa, 
And I've, you know, <laughs> I we went by what looked like a log. Like, oh, <laughs> a log. And my good friend Andrew, you know him, yep. Eddie, uh, he turns around and goes, I'm going to look at that. And he he kind of turns around in the kayak. The flow, the current wasn't that strong. So he starts paddling towards it back against the current. And he immediately goes, nope, that's a gator. <laughs> and like, turns around. <laughs> like, okay. And it's stuff like that. Like, I love kayaking. Yeah. But then it could go very very wrong. Well, oh yeah. You said earlier about you know getting eaten by a, a, an animal is, is is a horrible you know experience. And uh, back in high school, our frontier lit teacher was a uh, a writer, and he used to write wrote these books called Alaska Bear Tales. Yeah. And he interviewed people that had sure enough you know been attacked by a bear. And the number one thing when you're reading this is you they're telling the story of how they could feel the teeth. Breaking the bones, they could feel the teeth coming, impa- you know, impacting into their skull, sure. and uh, and and you know, these people live to tell about it. But I couldn't imagine, I, and and Mm-mm. you know, you're taught, and I don't know how anybody could do it, but you're always taught just just kind of cover your face, lay there, play dead, yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do it, man. I just don't think I could do it. I'd- if I was in that situation, I think I could, I, in the sense that I would just give up. It's like there's no fight in this thing. I don't. I don't know if I could shut myself off that way. I yeah. Don't. Well, yeah. You don't know how you're going to react yeah, in just, that sort of situation. You know. I mean, I would wear my, be wearing my brown pants on the hiking. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. <laughs> I'd be balled up on the ground in a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up. So, so anyway, you know, lions, tigers, bears, oh crocodiles, alligators, any reptile, cold blood creatures freak me out, man. Mm-hmm. I don't like snakes. Yeah, the snake. Even like a snake shaky. that's not poisonous, like okay. a pet little python or good something. Good snake is a dead snake. I'll hold it, but I am, the whole time I've, I've held one before, the whole time I'm like, this is not cool. It's cool, but I'm, you know, I get still get a little nervous. Yeah. And all My power to folks who yeah. find mm-hmm. the those creatures majestic, and I'm big about, uh, you know, don't be, a, I'm not a PETA guy, but let's not be cruel to animals. With the exception of predators. Like, how far do we go with letting gators just continue to reproduce and run amok and kill people in Florida? Like, in certain parts of the West. How long do you let wolves continue to ravage people's property and threaten people's dogs and kids and stuff? I mean, I get the idea of preserving these species in certain areas, but I'm on team human being. (laughs) I am a speciesist in many ways. Uh, So... That and by the way, we're the most dangerous animal. Oh, of course, bar by far. none. Yeah. By far, man. Free will, man. Yeah, I mean, it's we're messed up. Like I don't, I can't think of many. There are animals that obviously compete. They might even kill each other in competition for sure. mating or, or resources or whatever. But human beings will just do things where it doesn't make any sense, oh. other than it's emotionally driven or. I mean, there's something else driving us beyond just basic survival. Did you see the gorillas and the chimps video? I did not see it. I've heard about it. Are you talking about the chimp with the birthday cake? Uh, nah, uh, yeah, not the that. one that rips the guy apart because he didn't get share a piece or whatever. He yeah, he gave a, a birthday cake to one of the chimps, and <laughs> the other chimps got really—they didn't take to it very sadly. <laughs> and he had accidentally left the cage open, yeah, and they tore mistake. him. He's alive, but they tore him up to pieces. They uh, they stripped him of his manhood, yeah. if I can put it that way. This isn't well. This is close, not as bad because that's a person. But the, I, I think it's gorillas or um, eating chimps. Mm. I mean, oh, they're and they found. I mean, they, oh, yeah, you know, like ripping them apart, and yes, eating yeah. them. I mean, because they thought they were vegetarian. Well, they're so very they're yeah. not, like chimps, for instance, are very caring for one another within their group. But another a foreigner, a foreign chimp, 
especially a smaller one, comes yeah. into their area, rip them to pieces. They will, it is violence. They I mean, <laughs> and I'm I know I I think maybe even God driven drove the process, but I'm uh, very much been convinced about evolution. So I, I think well, when you see that behavior, you're like okay. And you see human beings do stuff. Yeah. You're like, okay. It, it, it's sort of... Kind of link the two together. But we're almost worse, again, because we can we can come up with other reasons for doing things besides just protecting our territory. Though that's a big part of it as well. But I want to get away from the chimps, the crazy primates. I got an animal story. I got one more. What's it about? about? ducks. <laughs> Go ahead with your duck story. I got to hear this. Duck, okay. Duck it's, it's, uh, okay, so uh, I was... It's uh, these... One duck was trying to get this other duck, okay? He was chasing her around with his little uh, ramen noodle thingy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. trying to get him something, and it wasn't working. <clears throat> and, well, he was trying to do his thing. Well, the, the guy that's in the pack, the main duck, with all his little buddies behind him, mm. saw this happening and went to the duck that was chasing his girl. And they all held him down, and he, uh, the, the main duck that saw all this happening, ate his heart Whoa! Good lord. Yeah. Nature's brutal. Yes, man. it is, man. Duck rape. What kind of duck That's were you unreal. watching, dude? Dude, just saying. You know, I actually had a moment. I was at Auburn University, and we're gonna we're about to, by the way, folks, get to a very harrowing animal story out of Seattle. I know I mentioned that about <laughs> 15 minutes ago, but it will make your flesh crawl if, you know, the duck story and the chimp story and everything else didn't already get going today. So, I'm speaking of how bad human beings are, my favorite week at Auburn University, it was spring break. I decided to stay, not go on any trips. Oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't go to Jamaica and feel yeah. all right. I, I didn't even go to the, you know, Gulf. Wow. I just stayed in Auburn. And I had done trips before in spring break. I just didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like spending the money, blah, 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 blah. So, I had, it was beautiful, the whole Auburn campus, for the most part, to myself. I bet. And I, like went to the Arbor- Arboretum, beautiful in Auburn, kind of read there, played some guitar, relaxed, and then walked over to the quad and I was studying for something. And it was a piece on uh, revolution and protesting and like all the protests that go on around things like Bilderberg and the G20. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an argument that you have to resist. You have to make noise. It, 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 in the... The point I was getting from this author that I vehemently disagreed with is kill or be killed. You know, fight or be defeated. There's some grain of truth to that, but I'm sitting there going, we, we, we're more than this. But as I'm reading this piece, you know, the, two, the huge bees, not the little, little bumblebees, not the wasp or whatever. Carpenter bees? Yeah, like the big, fat carpenter bees. Mm-hmm. There are two of them. Flying around me, but they're not paying attention to me. They're fighting each other midair, like yeah. it's like the Blitz. You know, it's <laughs> dog fighting, and they're just and literally they're yeah, ramming each other yeah. midair. And as I'm reading this story about you know, kill or be killed, fight or you know, be defeated, or you know, either you're the the vanquished or the conquerors <laughs> uh, about politics and human society. I'm watching these bees jostle for dominance, and all of a sudden, one of the bees. Like catches one, the other one in midair, and dive bombs right into the cold concrete, and the other bee just laid there, static as the concrete. The other one hovered above for like ten, fifteen seconds, making sure he he was the conqueror. Yeah, and he flew off, and I went, oh. 
Maybe the article's correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's Maybe great. Do this. See, <laughs> you are funny. That's a joke. It is? Yeah. Well, well, thank you, sir. And that's a joke you could tell in front of kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could. But here's the harrowing story from Seattle. Earlier this week, a woman named Willow Naranjo? Naranjo? Oh, it's Seattle. You don't see names like that in Alabama. Often. No, you don't. Anyway, <laughs> Willow is a Seattle mom. She posted a warning in a neighborhood parent group. we got to look out. Parents got to help other parents look out. She posted it in this parent group about an aggressive local, not a gator, not even a stray cat, or a dog, or a bird. Not even a snake. An aggressive local squirrel. <laughs> she wrote... In the Facebook group, beware this squirrel with the notched ear. (laughs) It rules over the playground at Discovery Park. And other parents knew exactly who she meant. Wow. She meant Kevin, the girl squirrel. (laughs) We're bringing up transgender race tonight. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, folks went on to say, I talk about this squirrel even though I've moved, wrote Eve Hay, a member of the group on Facebook. I go back home, there's this squirrel. Tina McArthur, another member of the group, wrote, she and her son left the playground for good because of Kevin. <laughs> he chased me and my son. She. It, it, she. Was, it was scary. Yeah, I don't know. Is it a girl squirrel? That's the weirdest part of this story. That's Kevin. Sarah Pocus, a nanny in Magnolia, wrote with a laugh cry emoji. He is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, I want to meet, I want the documentation of the squirrel. At the same time, it's a squirrel. You can go to Walmart and for 30 bucks buy a pellet gun and you don't have a squirrel no more. So the squirrel named Kevin, a.k.a. Jeffrey, or Sammy, or Skittles, depending on the kid doing the naming. (laughs) This squirrel is so well-known, it has multiple names like Gandalf, you know. Yeah. It's a shameless female squirrel with an affinity for goldfish crackers and (laughs) Cheez-Its. Give me all your crackers, crackers. Kevin doesn't mind when kids hold her, according to local parents, and has reportedly climbed up a woman's leg for popcorn. She has been described as a bold, fearless stroller hopper who unseals plastic baggies and pops off Tupperware lids. (laughs) She pokes tiny holes for her tiny paws in nice new backpacks. She does eat right out of our hands. Maybe we shouldn't do that, but look at Kevin. How can we resist? (laughs) I'm saying this is a freaky squirrel, man. My God. Kevin threw an apple slice once and waited for a goldfish. <laughs> That's because he they owe him money. <laughs> it's reminded me of the uh, can come back to my part too. Pay me of the rabbit in Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> Kevin sounds like he'd be fun to party with. Why does? Why That's do they why they call him Skittles, man. Yeah. Why? Why do they got such trouble with him? And, well, unless Kevin he's having one of those bad nights, he decides to grab the pistol in your glove box and yeah. pop off of you. Hey, Kevin, relax. Just keeping it real, That's man. That's what we call Sammy. Uh, well, you got to hit this break. We're having too much fun. <laughs> Telling animal stories and old kiss cult classic movies. Having fun. We'll be right back.
stories here to cover in the last 17 shopping minutes. For instance, Texas continues to prove itself a nation unto itself. They recently, um, well, beginning in September of this year, you'll be able to carry brass knuckles to defend yourself if you get in a sticky situation in the Lone Star State. Is that illegal? Yeah, oh, it has been. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I'm glad I know that now. Don't mess with Texas, baby. No, and those are serious. I know they're one hit and it's done. Those are yeah. very serious. Not, like, is that like a switchblade? Like, I don't know if it's, even is a switchblade illegal now? I don't. I don't know. Now, the president of the Philippines, he's uh, used to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> he says he was once gay, but quote, I cured myself. He fixed himself. Yeah. And and when I read into the story, apparently the cure was meeting his future wife. Exactly. One big I read that story and I just like you know, it's a it's a delicate topic, but I wonder how many girls are out there like, oh, the guy says he's gay, I'll show I'll, him. Oh, uh-huh. I know uh, of a couple girls who have do that? Yeah. Well, who've said I can fix him. Like really it's not a fixable thing. Yeah. But you knock yourself out. Well, and Duarte's all over the map. He advocated for gay marriage when he ran at first. Now he kind of backed off it. He keeps fl- he's all over the place. That's ridiculous. Just like a lot of tyrants are. Yeah, he's nuts. He's just he is nuts. Now, I have to say, his is just my personal opinion. I saw a story today on Fox News uh, about people in Oregon complaining that they need to cut back on pot cannabis grower licensing because now there's such a supply beyond the demand that we have enough of the cannabis for six years (laughs) and and it's just it's just another example of measures to control cannabis thank you whether in states like Oregon where it's completely legal recreationally they still want to control it's just absurd they want to everybody wants to get their greedy little hands in other people's lives and pockets that's what it is at the end of the day yep and I'm sorry if I offend your moral sensibilities if you don't want this to happen in the society or community near you, but I think the people acting like antisocial folks in this situation are folks that continue to use the violence of the law in order to stop people from engaging in activity that you don't like. Right. It's just in, not cool. Uh, in Alaska, they, they did the whole legalization of marijuana, but if, of course, first they did the um, marijuana control board. Well, everybody that was on that board was openly opposed to the legalization of marijuana. So why are they on a board, a control Controlling board? I mean, it, it now, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's no kind of like this no state with alcohol. It, yeah. Exactly right. That's what I was getting to. It's now just like here. We have a legacy now where, I mean, there's some people that choose not to drink, and that's fine. That's, that's my fine. position on everything. Me. I'm not <laughs> saying that you have to be some hedonist by no. any means. But if you want to participate, who am I to say no, no Joey? And then there are basic laws like rules of the road and, you know, you can't steal people's stuff. We already have laws in place for that. I don't drink. I will go out and hang out while people drink. I found stuff to do. I just keep something to drink, like some water or something. Yeah. And I am always the person that will say, I will drive your drunk butt. Yeah. 
because yeah, you're the DD. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with it. I got no yeah. problem. I'd rather me do it than you hit a pole. Right. Exactly. Or hurt yourself or kill somebody. Else. And if, if you're out with me, I'm your friend. I'll tell you when doing when you're doing something stupid. Right. And speaking of uh, being a little more, uh, <laughs> being a little more uh, fast and loose and fancy free, oh. this just came out today. Sweet. The SEC, yes, you're, that's right, the Southeastern Conference has lifted a ban on in-stadium alcohol sales, effective this fall, folks. Wow. Yep. So you couldn't go to a, a game and buy beer. Nope. No, you can go to a business game, and buy and beer, actually, can't you? You the, couldn't go to any SEC. I think oh. uh, sports game. We went to Auburn, Tennessee, right. and uh, we were getting ready to head to the game in Atlanta. We were getting ready to leave the bar, and somebody said, "Hey, you know, you can't drink at the stadium." So we instantly turned around, <laughs> went and just pounded at the bar. Yeah, you right. know, and then which led to us and a thousand other people too drunk to enter that place, but trying to serve drinks there. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, and this is, it actually ties into prohibition. There is an effect. It's not just, oh, we outlawed it, now it stops. And it's, there are certain things we need prohibition on, like theft and murder. Sure. Um, fair enough. But when you do a prohibition on, say, a product that people want, that millions of people in this country and around the world use, there will be certain effects. Like people have said, why is pot, marijuana, why is cannabis stronger than it was in my day? in the 60s and 70s. The main reason is prohibition. Some of it's new science and growing techniques, but mostly the incentive to begin with was the prohibition. And alcohol, when it came to SEC games, until this fall, you can buy alcohol right. in the stadium now. Yay! But imagine it's an Auburn football Saturday. I got this from an economist, a professor over at Auburn named Mark Thornton. He said, okay, wrote a whole book on the economics of prohibition, on all drugs. But he says, imagine an Auburn football Saturday. You, most people are imbibing in a way, but not everybody's getting nuts. 90% of the people just using a rough figure, drinking or probably drinking beer. Right. It's not high percentage, you know, of alcohol in a, in a beer. And most people aren't, you know, losing their minds. They, they're getting a little buzz. They're getting that nice little lift. Like, people who don't drink have asked me, like, why would you ever do this? Well, because it, it's a social lubricant. It yep. really is. You can. There's no denying this. It's, it I mean, it's ain't, it's so, biblical. So, yeah. Social lubricant, that's a good way to put it. I don't need it. Right. Oh, yeah. No. And some people, <laughs> I'm a, I'm let's a, just say when some people dance with Dionysus, they end up uh, being torn to pieces. <laughs> That's literally from... My arm is over there. Yeah. yeah. Some people shouldn't dance with that particular devil. But, as, okay, so most of the people on an Auburn football Saturday are drinking beer. Some people are drinking heavy liquor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what happens when you draw an imaginary line around Jordan-Hare Stadium? You say no alcohol beyond this line. They stand line. at the line and get hammered. <laughs> well, that happens, what Eddie described earlier, but what happens is m all those people who were drinking beer, some follow the rules, that's bound to happen, but a lot of them, especially young students, who drink beer, all of a sudden that alcohol becomes much smaller. Small enough to say fit in a bra. Yep. Oh, and it yeah. becomes much more potent. It's like 40% alcohol. Yep. In order to smuggle liquor. it in. Uh, mm -hmm. You're drinking liquor. This is what happens across the the world when you prohibit a substance. That's exactly In order right. to move it, in order to smuggle it, it has to become much more compact, much more potent because it's compact. And it, it, you get all sorts of creative ways uh -huh. to get around the rules. 
I mean, I've heard a great story of a guy who pretended to be handicapped or injured and who brought a wheelchair in with, on a cold, cold game against Georgia, and he put a blanket over his legs, and underneath the blanket and under the, in the carriage, bottom carriage of the wheelchair, is a keg. <laughs> <laughs> and he's filled up I love that guy. That. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. I mean, the guy told me the story solemn. because you're not handicapped or injured. What's your deal, man? Like, Shut up. <laughs> Here, give me your cup. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta love that stuff, but that's cool. It's cool to see there are changes happening. There really are changes happening. And my position on all this, folks, is not that it'll be perfect. There will be some people who go too far. I would say on cannabis in particular, if you are a young kid in your teens, early twenties, you don't want to use the stuff every day. And I'm saying that based on more and more signs we get that it yeah. can mess with your brain development. Oh sure. yeah, it sure. keeps you small. Longer. Yeah. But again, this is the effect of the prohibition. That particular substance was put in a box of, it's the devil's lettuce. Never, ever do it. You'll get reefer madness. Reefer madness, that's right. And what that led to is some people who will follow the law, follow the rules, the cultural norm. Other people will break it. But the people breaking it often don't seek it out in an ethical, thoughtful way. So they just treat it as a party drug. It's mm-hmm. like this and all sorts of other drugs. And alcohol, to a certain extent, I think some of the binge-drinking culture comes from the fact that, like, think about a college campus again. You've got these kids who are 18, 19. Really, folks, even if you're a teetotaler, how many young college kids do you think are waiting till they're 21 in order to have their first drink at college? Right. Give me a break, man. It's just absurd. And so, but what that does is it creates this forbidden fruit effect. Well, that's what you're saying with the binge drinking. All yeah. of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, when we're at a college party uh, back in the day, all of a sudden we were drinking liquor. You're drinking as quick as you could because, yep. for one, it tasted horrible, but for two, you wanted to hurry up and catch that buzz. And, you know, when you're young like that, uh, you've caught that buzz, but it's, that was 10 drinks ago, and now you're just hammered, uh, almost blacked out. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with the fact that you were never, it was a forbidden fruit. You're never allowed to have this. So, right. You know, you don't know what to do with it once you got it. Yeah, and you're not, even people that don't see it as a forbidden fruit, maybe you just don't have any experience with it. Right. So you don't know how it affects you in particular and what you're going to do under the influence. And it, I think more knowledge, the better exactly. in many ways in this fallen world. More knowledge, uh, the better. And it, it will help us on a lot of these issues. We just have such a a weird culture around drugs in general, um, where certain ones are like, oh, this is what the doctor gave me. Right. And now that's, there's even a backlash with that. But then these are the ones we decided in the midst of the culture wars in the 60s and 70s to say, you cannot touch this. These are forbidden fruits. Right. And it, it's just, uh, I think, a piss poor way of, well, number one, it's an overreach of government. But it's also just not a good way of dealing with life and how people are going to make choices and go forward. I'm not surprised to see this sort of sweeping change across the nation in terms of cannabis. I mean, you could see it coming with the culture and general with movies and entertainment and now yeah. people are talking about it. But I am very surprised. I remember being a teenager and we thought in our lifetime, cannabis will never be legal, period. Not for medical, not for recreational, not for anything. Right. And, and lo and behold, look how far it's come. Uh, and I think honestly in the next 10, 12 years, it'll be it'll go nationwide. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, uh, except for Alabama, you know, we'll have everybody five years behind. It'll take us seventeen. Well, years. and I <laughs> encourage people to look into the pros and cons of use of cannabis. I I definitely encourage people to do that. 
But I, the reason I argue against the prohibition is it's a government problem. It's a problem with the law and the legal regime, that it's a liability for the government. It costs the government money, is what I mean. And it also makes millions of people realize, well, I'm going to break the law today. Right. And they'll get a thrill out of just that. Right. And you want to talk about the rule of law and all these things. When you have a rule in the law that is essentially makes criminals out of a lot of the population... It's not healthy. No. And it's also changed the nature of uh, policing in many ways. The drug war has. I, I think it makes the police's uh, job more difficult. You know? yeah. I would be happy. I've heard officers that don't want this, these things legalized. I've heard officers that do. I mean, I've heard people from that experience argue about this stuff. Yeah, I guess Alabama, I haven't kept up with the latest on the medical marijuana bill in this state. But I, th- I thought we were going to have medical marijuana before we'd have the lottery, but I think even that's yeah. been shut down again. So, Well, and, you know, I, again, with the lottery, just focus on how government works and what government is. I'm for a lottery all day, every day, not because I want to play the lottery. No, it might be man. a lot of fun. It's because Kids it's, need help. It's actually a, it's the most libertarian <laughs> way to fund the government. It's, right. a voluntary, it's a voluntary tax. Yes. Thank oh, you, Joey. Man. Thank you. And I think when something is involuntary, you can talk about the lottery being a vice and all the trouble that comes from that for society. Fine, I'm not going to argue People with that. People grow up and control yourself. But uh, how how can you in one breath talk about that as a vice and then the next breath not even think about an involuntary duty or tax on somebody is, oh, that's always good. It's just what government does. No. Mm, no. no. That's wrong. You're, You're taking right. things from people rather than giving you their money. Right. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. Oh, that's terrible. Virginia Beach shooting, 11 dead, 600. Oh, I didn't know. Is that me? It's happening live right now. Wow. I'm just seeing this. I'm not going to go into all the details because I'm just seeing it. But that is... uh, Mm. It's terrible, man. That is very, very terrible. Now, before we get to the end of the show, I... I, I'm behooved, and actually I want to, to talk about you, Eddie. Three two two zero six six two. Well done, Mr. Spotlight. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Spotlight. <laughs> you, now, if you'll just stop calling me at 3 in the morning, I know that's you with that voice and that heavy breathing. <laughs> I know you're talking about. <laughs> what are you wearing? Well, folks, if you're looking for a real estate agent, it really, if, think real estate agent, think Eddie Bader. Well, thank you, Joey. And uh, I do, I love being a real estate guy. Um, you know, I worked at factory jobs for most of my life, and eh, while well, that was I enjoyed hanging out with the guys I work with. Yeah, paid the um, bill. You know, at three in the morning, that kind of gets old as you get older. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I started uh, Bowers Real Estate School, and and I've become a realtor, and I think I'm a fairly successful realtor. I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. If I don't sell another house, so be it. I really enjoy what I'm doing, and and I see a lot of people that are still stuck in their jobs that they're not crazy about. And you know, it took me 20 years before I ever said, "All right, I'm fixing to take a chance," but. Um, but I did it. There you go. And if I did it, anybody can do Way it. Way to go, man. I think that's the goal in life, is to have a job you don't hate. It, it really is. And I, I wish I'd have done this a lot sooner. Well, and, you know, we real estate is so common. I think people forget this is one of the most important decisions in people's lives, and you're helping to guide them through that decision. It really is. And I run into a lot of people that <clears throat> that have, uh, say, already bought their house or their last house, and, and they'll tell me some of the things they went through, and, and I, I feel horrible for them yeah. because they were wronged or they didn't have good advice or whatever. And I don't mean to, to down any other realtors, but if I will say this to everybody. If you're not comfortable with the realtor you're dealing with when you meet them or even after dealing with them a while, you're not required to stay with them. There is a contract there, but if they don't fulfill their end of the contract, find you somebody that makes you feel comfortable. Right. Because this is a huge decision. Huge. Get a second opinion. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. 
uh, and and I see I, I see so many people that say, well, my realtor told me this, my realtor told me that, and you can kind of tell that that realtor was kind of looking out for themselves, right. not so much their client. So just just kind of keep that in mind. If you don't feel comfortable with who you're working with, you can always get another one. And whether you're looking to buy or buy, sell, sell home, rent, whatever you all need. over the river region. You too. bet. You bet. You can call us up. Our office is five five one zero two two five, and we handle rentals. We manage rentals for people here in the in the Tri County area. We do so very well, if I might say. Yeah, so. we we do try. We do try, and uh, you know. We also sell houses for people. I, I get a lot of people from out of town, and uh, especially the military, where we'll take them out, show them a few houses, give them the 25-cent tour of Montgomery. And, you know, uh, for the most part, like I said, I really enjoy what I do. That's the biggest thing. Well, fantastic. So, folks, give Eddie a call directly, 322-0662. 322-0662. I like that, that Seth. Is, that's awesome. Man, you've got that <laughs> silky baritone that's voice, it. good sir. You got any more uh, extra gigs, casting gigs? No, um... Nothing good. That's uh, I'll you'll hear, I'll be here as much as I can. Awesome, man. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, but I wish you luck in that too. Hey, man, make I, that paper. Well, Seth I, Spotlow, the movie star. Yeah, the uh, about two weeks ago, I woke up and uh, this song was in my head. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was, and it took a couple hours for it to actually hit me because it was in like the back of my head. You know what it was? Video killed the radio star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, dude. that was the sign. So uh, yeah. it's been stuck with me. So I'd rather, I mean, I, I love this. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. like that. Yeah. But I love this. So. Oh, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Oh, I love it, man. It's a lot this of fun a... with y'all being here. Yeah, thank well, you, thank man. You, thank you all for being here. I'm thank not you, worthy. Thank but... you, Seth. Yeah. Uh, don't bring that Wayne's World crap. I'm nowhere near Should Alice we? Cooper. <laughs> see, that's what I'm waiting for. It's why I'm still single. I just want to see that girl in my head. Oh. Just have Gary Wright's dream weaver. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Foxy lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I am Garth. <laughs> oh, I'll be back on Monday, folks. Talk to you all then. Joey Clark.